What's going on, everyone? Thank you for providing your listening ear to the Limitless Podcast. Not what you want to hear, but what you need to know. The purpose of this podcast was really to develop a platform to educate, inspire, and motivate young aspiring athletes, coaches, professionals, and really any individual who is looking to grow um, both inside and out to improve and unleash not only their physical and athletic potential, but to also enhance their willingness to think outside the box, a competitive mentality, and your overall approach to truly thriving beyond limitations. Uh, my name is Kenny Reeves, owner and founder of both Limitless Performance Training and Limitless Cryo. In this episode, the foundation and philosophy of training and the importance of having both, I want to discuss a little bit about the purpose and need for having a foundation and philosophy to your training and how your foundation is essential to not only your current training, but also to its growth um, and how philosophy plays an essential role to having effective innovation and, and really overall effectiveness within your training. I'm also going to give you some perspective on what our foundation and philosophy is here at Limitless. Um, so let's get started with a foundation. Um, to have a foundation, it must revolve around growth. Uh, growth must be the focal point of any training foundation. That is basically the purpose of a foundation. For example, you, you build a brand new house and you pour your slab. That slab's purpose is to solely serve as the foundation of building that house. Doesn't matter if it's a thousand square foot house or a 10,000 square foot house. You're not going to have a house at all without a foundation. And that's essentially how you have to mold and build your training programs is to have a foundation that allows for growth, uh, no matter the size. Um, unlimited potential for growth is how you want to build your foundation. And that's that's totally doable, but it starts from getting to the basics and having a, a foundation. Because when you prepare a foundation that is that has the focal point of growth, it allows for expansion of your training portfolio for the trainer, um, as well as for progression for the athlete or trainee. Um, now on the flip side, a lack of growth can lead to uh, a litany of problems um, that can lead to more problems and compound problems. Um, for example, a common issue for training programs for young athletes today is assembly line training, which is essentially where you have uh, athletes from all different sports, regardless of age, um, who are doing the same the same workouts. You have football players doing what basketball players are doing, or you have basketball players doing what baseball players are doing, and so on and so on and so on. And is is that efficient in in different perspectives? Sure, it is possibly, but there's there's a big problem with that, and 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 that means that there can be limited, if any, growth within the foundation of that training of that type of training program. For each individual athlete based on sport and position you know look some some athletes require more explosive movements than others and some athletes require more lateral movements than others but whatever the case may be if each and every sport is is doing the same exact thing then these these movements that are necessary to properly function within that sport or position are extremely extremely limited in in growth and can't be properly addressed at least not not effectively they can't be um, this process of training creates a void and a lack of growth within the training foundation and program, which consequently closes the door on effective progression. Listen, progression is ultimately the purpose of a training program. Goals are chased and reached through a process of progression. Eliminating or ignoring the importance of growth allows for satisfaction to take its place, both mentally and physically. Satisfaction is, is poison to an athlete or to a professional or to a trainer. 
Um, but growth is the antidote. Satisfaction increases an individual's vulnerability to limitations. That's its sole purpose. This is exactly why a lack of growth closes the door on effective regression, which ultimately can put an athlete at risk who may be coming back from injury or nursing a minor one currently. Um, back to performance programs become null and void and completely worthless without effective progression due to a lack of growth within a training foundation. You know, parents, listen to me. If, if you, you have got to be aware of training programs like this because they do exist. There, there's a lot of them. And if you truly want to protect your children and give them the best opportunities to succeed, you have to be aware of these type of things that are going on. Look, providing your son or daughter with the best workout gear or protein shakes or unlimited supply of Gatorade doesn't mean you're putting them in the best position to succeed. Sure, it's a start, but where do you want them to finish? Look, planting a kid into a workout program that provides no adequate growth for their function and movement is like planting a, a seed, covering up with dirt, and then never watering it. Stop preparing your kids for performance training and then marching them into some glorified PE class. Let's take it a step further. Look, you can argue all you want till you're blue in the face about when an athlete should begin resistance training with weights and participate in Olympic lifting or whatever the case may be. Here at Limitless Performance Training, the growth begins when an athlete walks through the door, but this happens through a, a process of progression. So for example, each athlete that comes in the door that's 13 or older goes through a pretty extensive evaluation where we assess mobility, flexibility, stability, balance, core strength, quickness, um, uh, explosiveness, diet, current and previous injury history, all of which are vital to the foundation of an athlete. But through this evaluation, we're able to determine regardless of age, if that athlete already possesses the necessary tools to get into resistance and Olympic lifting and things like that. On the, on the, on the converse side of that, on the flip side of that, if an athlete who has been here before the age of 13, who has had an opportunity to go through our youth development program, when they reach that age, we're able to adequately assess their training that has that we've developed to uh, to enhance their flexibility, stability, balance, and overall functionality, and the tools that are needed to properly perform the multitude of techniques involved in resistance training and Olympic lifting and things like that. But regardless of age, if that athlete whether they're here when they when they you know pass the age of 13 or if they've been here through our youth development programs if, if they still show deficiencies in the necessary tools needed for taking steps in their training and and going that to that next level of olympic lifting and resistance training then they'll remain in the youth development stage or go back or go to the youth development stage depending on when they got here um and and try to perfect that stage of the training program all too often i hear parents who come in and they say, hey, he needs to work on this, 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 and this. Really? Are you sure? Or are there steps to training that athlete to get to those said places that you feel are areas of improvement? Sure, they need to get stronger. Sure, they need to get faster. Sure, they need to get more flexible. But marching a kid into a facility and assuming that they're going to get directly into Olympic lifting or, di or directly into resistance training is just, uh, just not the way that uh, a progression works. A progression is not only the, the most effective way to get your results or the healthiest way to get your results, but it's also the most essential way to get results, but to also not hit a platform or get or, or plateau or get stuck in the mud on where your training ultimately goes. I have college athletes and, and even pros who have deficiencies in their basic Olympic lifting because their foundation for training was so minuscule. 
And so if an athlete has a, a terrible foundation for training, when they get into more complex lifts and things that require um, a drastic amount of technique, they put themselves at serious risk for injury or a further lack of development. Um, I got have college athletes who can squat five, six hundred pounds, but can't do a simple pistol squat on a box. Uh, there's a there's a serious issue with that from a functionality perspective of an athlete. If you can't balance on one leg and do a simple pistol squat, whether it's on a box or 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 not, but you can squat six hundred pounds, tell me within that that athletic event that you're going to be taking place in, or you're going to have six hundred pounds on your back from a functional perspective, and so. That lack of development from a functional perspective uh, puts an, an athlete at risk for injury, but it also limits their development as an athlete in general. Athleticism is the ability to function at a healthy capacity for long periods of time that allow you to also maximize your potential. It's as simple as that. So having the foundation is key to not, to not making those critical mistakes and having a lack of development in any of those areas. So assessments like this help us address common mistakes and avoid compounding existing issues that athletes may be unaware of. So for example, when an athlete walks in the door and says, hey coach, I, I wanna gain weight and, and I wanna get stronger. And okay, no problem. You sit them down, you go through an evaluation and you ask, okay, well, first things first, what are you eating for breakfast, right? Um, the most common answer we get is nothing or cereal. And, I, and I'm speaking of, you know, adolescent athletes, young high school athletes and things like that. Kids at a young age who are at that moment of their athletic career where they want to gain weight and they want to get stronger. And so you ask them what they're eating for breakfast and it's, it's legitimately close to nothing. And you say, okay, well, let's do a little bit of quick math here. You know, generally speaking, mommy cooks dinner around seven o'clock and, and maybe she's running a little behind or, or said athlete has been playing video games a bit longer than usual after hopefully completing a little bit of homework and studying first, you know, right? Student athlete first. Uh, and then they don't eat until eight o'clock. So with no breakfast and most schools implementing a block schedule and lunch starting near 1145, this said athlete has gone just about or, or close to 16 hours without adequate nutrition. So with lunch included, we now have eight hours to consume the necessary calories and nutrients needed to help with gaining weight and increasing muscle before bedtime. Wow. Also accounting for training and practice schedules. Yeah, that's going to be a little tough. Or when simple mobility tests that, that, we, that, we take, that we've done with athletes during their evaluations have revealed potentially career-ending issues that the athlete is completely unaware of. Um, we, we, we've had an instance in here where we asked a kid to perform a simple air squat. And... Uh, when performing the air squat, not only was there, was there an exuberant amount of difficulty, but there was also a drastic amount of pain that was taking place when performing a simple air squat. Not when the when the kid walked in the door, not when he put his clothes on and, and changed clothes to get ready for training, or or when we when we warmed up on the treadmill or whatever the case may be. It was just simply squatting, and so we asked him to remove his shirt, turn around, perform the air squat again, and there was a just there was so much erratic movement along his spine. Our first response was, look, you need to call your parents, tell them to come pick you up, and they need to schedule an MRI. When, when his parents showed up, we told them the importance of having an MRI and why we felt the need to having one. And that parent did exactly that, got an MRI, called us back and said, hey, um, he has a fractured 
a fractured back, uh, had a fracture in his vertebrae. And so having an evaluation and having an assessment uh, is, is, is a part of establishing that foundation in order to start the progress for progression for any athlete, no matter where they are in their training. I have uh, college, high school, college, and professional athletes who come for training, and it doesn't matter where they are in their professional careers, their college careers, high school careers, it doesn't matter when they first walk in the door, even if they're returning clients, we go through a time period of their training when they first get back, when they first get here, where we focus strictly on mobility and functional movement so that I can keep them healthy and start their foundation for training. It's as simple as that. So having a foundation allows us to catch issues or misperceptions that athletes have that will affect their training results outside of our facility. So once they leave our doors, they have to have the adequate information and the adequate foundation that we instill upon them uh, that they can take with them when they're not under our care. Because if, if you think that performance training or, or training in general stops after sessions are over, then that's an, another area where your lack of growth will take place. And so having a foundation and, and doing assessments helps you address with, with, with adolescents or, or with young adults and professionals, hey, this is why your nutrition is important. This is why your flexibility is important. This is why your recovery is important. And you have to instill all of those things within an athlete. And the best way to do it is when you establish your foundation with them so that you can avoid those mistakes and and really enhance their their capacity and, and potential for results even when they're not in, in your facility. Um, and, and even once you've gotten to that point, you haven't even reached the portion of program design. Program design hasn't even taken place yet. We haven't written a single portion of the workout and we've done so much for that athlete already um, because you have to first establish that foundation upon which th that program and that design can, can truly be built. And then on the flip side, you have athletes that um, have extensive training who may have issues or you know have had issues in the past who always talk about, hey, I, I've never been able to get flexible or increase my mobility or enhance my mobility or my range of motion, or I've always been dealing with this knick-knack injury and I just can't get rid of it. And then once you do that assessment, you're able to determine, hey, it's really not a fact that you can't get flexible, you can't improve mobility, or you can't get rid of this knick-knack injury. It's really just the issue lies within your foundation of training, which has limited your functional movement and your and your ability to properly form these workouts that you're doing at, a, at, at high intensity and at a high level on a consistent basis that is causing these injuries and these uh, inabilities and deficiencies within your training and your development. And so just as you're able to establish a strong foundation, you're also able to go back and rebuild a foundation through adequate and, and proper assessments that help out with that process and that progression of truly helping out an athlete when they get started with their training program. It sounds simple, doesn't it? And it's going to sound even more simple for the athlete. They're going to feel like, well, when are we going to start doing this? Or when are we going to start doing that? I have uh, a numerous amount of parents that come up and say, well, when are they going to start doing this? When they're ready, when they're able, when it, when it doesn't put them at risk when it doesn't put them in harm's way, when it doesn't put them in a position where, sure, let's take three steps forward where we're not even ready to take the first step and we end up taking five steps back. Why not take one step back, get back to the basics, 
address deficiencies, address problems, so that the train, so that the training and the progression and the growth from here can move way faster than what it would if we just start skipping steps. That's what happens with really that happens with anything in life, right? People try to round corners to save time when if you do things from an efficient perspective within the right progression of what it is that you're doing, that's the fast way to do it. The fast way to do it isn't to skip steps because skipping steps provide cause problems and problems do nothing but cost time in the long run. But if you're doing something efficiently, if you're doing something with a solid foundation, that is the quickest way to get to where you want to be. That is the quickest way for an athlete to progress to getting to those results that they want and not only progress to the results that they want, that, that they want, but also to exceed their expectations of, of their results. So getting back to it, once this proper development and growth has taken place, then the athlete can be evaluated and it can be determined and confirmed whether or not he or she is ready to take the next step in their progression of their training. That way, when you start writing workouts, those workouts become more complex and in-depth so that you can sit down and write a particular workout for an athlete based on their sport and their position. In our facility, there may be 25, 40, 40 athletes in here at one time, and there may be 8 to 10 different workouts taking place. This way, each athlete is, is receiving and, and, and doing a workout that is, is specifically designed based on the functional movement necessary for their particular sport. This, this provides the proper foundation for growth within the progression of their workout design for each individual athlete. So later on, proper assessments can now be made for that athlete throughout their training, whether this takes place in a month or three months or six months. It doesn't really matter since the foundation has been set and those workouts are specifically designed for each athlete. You can always go back and say, hey, look, what is the pro what is the progress for this particular athlete? Are we ready to take the next step? Are they ready to get more in-depth in their training? Are they ready for the next step of innovation? Because you've established a foundation, plus that foundation is being implemented into a particular workout for that particular sport, for that particular athlete, for that particular position that they're taking place in. Each athlete deserves a complex and specific workout tailored to their needs in order to perform at a high level for their particular sport and functional movement that is needed. So having an adequate foundation is utterly critical to the growth, progression, and, and health of an athlete, both physically and mentally, and that simply cannot be ignored. All right, so once a foundation is properly established, the philosophy of the training program can then be effectively implemented throughout the entire process. So no matter how long the training cycle or where the athlete is during post-injury exercise or general development, with a solid foundation along with a firm philosophy, the athlete will be put in the best situation to progress, succeed, and thrive. But what is a philosophy? What's the difference between a philosophy and a foundation? A foundation is the gateway for ensuring proper development to maximize results. A philosophy is the guideline used to effectively innovate and improve your workout program. Innovation is absolutely imperative within a training program. I'm going to say it again. Innovation is absolutely imperative within a training program. It can take place with uh, the help of technology or implementing variation, variations to existing exercises. Experimentation and creativity can be utilized if and only if they coincide with the philosophy of the training program. So for example, here at Limitless, our philosophy is FHR, functional, healthy athletes produce results. Um, this philosophy is, is essentially bulletproof, and, and here's why. 
performance training and training or, or training in general is, is a results-based process. However, you cannot achieve and will not achieve results without both proper functionality and health. One more time, you cannot achieve and you will not achieve results without both proper functionality and health. So let me explain. If, if an athlete cannot properly function due to deficiencies in, let's say, mobility, then proper training and progression will surely be limited. Conversely, without health, you can't possibly ask an athlete to properly function and perform exercises with correct technique to not only achieve results, but to avoid injury. Shouldn't health be at the forefront of a training program? How effective can an athlete possibly be on the field of court when they're standing or, or sitting on the sidelines? Parents, I hope you're still listening. If your child is involved in a training program, regardless of where this instruction is coming from, and, both, and health, both short and long-term, is not a priority, I strongly suggest you reconsider. Do not be naive enough to think that every program, system, or trainer is concerned about, is concerned about that aspect of health regarding your, your son or daughter. I've had coaches who have looked me in the face and told me, health or no health, this athlete must be able to do this, this, and this by whatever established time frame they conjure up, right? So, however, regardless of this incompetent way of handling young athletes, if a training program has a solid foundation and firm philosophy that focus on both proper functionality and health along with effective recovery, when the athlete is ready to go after the intended results, uh, he or she will, will be adequately equipped to embark on that journey. Multiple avenues for innovation and creativity can be explored with, without putting an athlete in jeopardy. Um, innovation and, and creativity can be uh, in, uh, essentially limitless, no pun intended, when both functionality and health are prominent. It doesn't even matter where your creativity or, or innovation stems from. As long as you have a foundation and philosophy, you can plug it into and determine, does it follow the guidelines I have set forth to keep my client functional and healthy? Or, or, or does it allow for steady and continuous pro progression? If the idea coexists within those parameters, then, then run with it. Don't get stuck in the mud. But if you're if but if you're if you're browsing YouTube or, or Instagram and immediately inserting workouts or ideas that you like within a program without first analyzing if it fits within your foundation of philosophy or hell, even if you don't have a foundation of philosophy to begin with, you drastically limit the possibility of maximizing results and, and honestly, more importantly, increase the possibility the possibility of exposing that individual or athlete to, to injury. It's really that simple. There's no getting around that. It doesn't matter if a parent or coach or whoever walks in my facility and tries to explain to me how I should train an athlete. I have never had a problem with letting people know my philosophy and foundation of training and how I will implement that system into the progression of every athlete that I train based on each and every independent situation. Having that philosophy and foundation allows for me to stand firm on that notion and help me achieve maximum results with each athlete that walks through the door. I've trained athletes for just about every sport, baseball, football, basketball, the list goes on and on and on. But if there were an athlete to walk through the door that's involved in a sport that I have no experience with, it really doesn't matter. I'll be prepared based on my philosophy and foundation that I can plug that into. So I'll give you an example. I've had an athlete who walked in the door that was a polo player. Well, I've never been on a horse in my life. So the first thing I did was contact a buddy of mine who had a ranch, spent three or four hours on a horse just so I can get an idea and a feel for the basic functional movement that was necessary for that athlete 
to perform at a high level because I can go back into my philosophy and foundation and plug in an implementation program that's based around progression in order to help that athlete achieve and, get, and surpass their maximum potential. So, so look, if you take anything away from, from this podcast, establish your foundation, believe in your philosophy and stick to it. Your training programs will grow and evolve exponentially and will maintain their validity to ensuring proper results. Do not sell yourself short, your clients short, or fall short of desired results by neglecting areas of your goal or profession that prove to be undeniably necessary. Look, I want to thank all of you for listening. Be sure to stay tuned for the next episode. And remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at @performlimitless and at LimitlessCryo. Do not hesitate to like, comment, and share. And if there's a topic you want us to discuss or address, let us know. And always remember, never let limits apply to you.